0: Be careful with the uh, the video there. Um, Thanks for joining us. Once again, the Schmidt Show podcast streaming live on our website at theschmidtshow.com. Now on Facebook, on YouTube as well. Um, If one episode a week is not enough for you, you can also listen to us on the Schmidt Show radio show, airing live on Terrestrial Radio every weekday, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central Time in the U.S. In eastern North Dakota, you can find us at 13... 10 KNOX AM 107.9 KNOX FM or online at KOXradio.com from anywhere in the world. Just click on the listen live button at the top of the page. I am your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me this afternoon or this morning or, or wherever it is that you're listening to us or whatever time it is that you are listening to us here on the Schmidt show. Um, we are we're going to talk a little bit about Joe Biden today. You don't know Joe. The discussion has been um, for the last couple of weeks or the last, at least the last week or so uh, that Joe Biden is doing his thing, being creepy old Joe and all that kind of stuff. And, and of course the question that, that I ask is, is, is this guy really a predator? Is he, is he really some sort of uh, abuser or harasser or is, is, is he just a creepy old man or is it not even maybe that bad? Is it, is it that he's not even a creepy old man, but maybe he is just a, a, um, maybe he's just a, a, an older gentleman from a different era. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe that's what's going on, uh, with Mr. Biden. And the question that I would also ask in addition to this is, does it really matter? Like, does, does it matter? We've, we've got president Trump who is grab him by the, you know, what he's known for being a womanizer. He's known for being somewhat of a, a, um, an individual who, who treats women with less than maybe the respect they deserve. Now, again, that's in the past, you know, to be fair in, in, in fairness to Donald Trump, that's in the past. That is not something that he is, um, has been recently accused of. And in fact, uh, Melania seems to suggest that the opposite is true. When, when you hear her talk about her husband, um, it, it sounds as if he's turned a corner, like he's grown up or whatever. Um, and so the question that we need to then address is if, Joe Biden is the creepy old man. If he is the harasser, um, is this in the past? And in addition to it being in the past, is it, um, is it also, um, we only got audio on the right side on YouTube, says a, 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 text message we'll have to check into that i i won't be able to do it right now but i will uh i'll see if we can figure that out um anyway with joe biden do we have to consider whether or not this is something that's in his past is this something he's still doing and and then the question does it does it disqualify him from being the next president. Now he hasn't officially announced a run. He hasn't officially announced that he's going to be, um, running for president in 2020. I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he was planning to, even, even if he hasn't yet, um, he was planning to, and, and there's now maybe some question we don't really know for sure if this is the, still the direction he's planning on going. Um, but even if it is, I I would suggest that this is not something that disqualifies Joe Biden. This is not something that disqualifies um the former vice president from running for president. I think there's a whole lot of other things that disqualify him. And and here's here's my concern about this. I and I've talked about this on my Terrestrial show, and I'll continue to talk about it as it relates to Joe Biden, we are worried about whether or not he's a creepy old man. We're worried about whether he's a harasser. And we have turned this this issue of whether it's the Me Too movement, or whether it's women's rights movement, or whether it's something else, whatever, whatever the issue is, we've turned that into a policy position. And quite honestly, it's irrelevant. There is so much that that disqualifies Joe Biden from being the next president, that we shouldn't even be having this discussion. We shouldn't even be discussing whether or not he's a creepy old man. Because it shouldn't matter. This, I I, I wonder if this is a little bit of of media and quote unquote the powers that be. using a little bit of sleight of hand to to take our attention away from the real issues. And the real issue is that Joe Biden essentially is or or should be disqualified from being the next president of the United States simply because he is all over the map on nearly every position and every policy issue and 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 place where you can take a policy stance the guy's all over the map he's he's up and down on abortion he's up and down on gun control he says you don't need an ar-15 just get a double barrel shotgun and shoot through the door which is st- stupid advice in the first place but hey he's joe biden he can say whatever he wants right The other, i mean the guy's all over the map everywhere all over everything it's he's just a general mess as it relates to to the 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 positions and the places of of politics there is so much that disqualifies him that this shouldn't even be a discussion so i think what's going on or part of what's happening is the media is taking joe biden and they're putting him up and 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 they're using this this creepy joe persona if you will to to distract from the fact that he is um anti-gun he's he's anti-second amendment he's pro-abortion he's radically left on climate change he has said himself that he is one of the most progressive candidates of all of the whatever 18 or whatever ridiculous number of of candidates that are running for president right now on the on the democratic ticket he has said that he is the most progressive of all of them and I don't have a problem with with classical liberalism and and the concept of of liberty and and freedom and and everybody moving in the same direction. The problem that I have with is or problem I have is with radical progressivism. Like liberalism isn't shouldn't be a dirty word. I'm a conservative. I've been a conservative for pretty much all of my life and i'm about as far right as you can get on most issues but i'm at least willing to listen and willing to open my mind and hear what what people on the on the left have to say as long as it's logical rational and and policy based see if you go back through history and you look at some of the the uh, the presidential candidates from the past some some of the more famous politicians of of years gone by you you start to realize that for example Jefferson and Adams were often drastically opposed to each other on policy positions Jefferson was borderline um Jefferson was borderline anarchistic in his libertarianism in his conservatism and Adams was very much a a liberal um, who thought a stronger and larger and more centralized federal government was important. And they they were at odds with each other on many issues as it related to that. But the thing is, Jefferson and Adams both had in mind the best interests of the country. They ha- both had in mind the same goal, which was liberty, freedom, justice, and and all of the things that we talk about, in in the context of of classical americana like they were they were both in favor of moving away from the monarchy of great britain they were both in favor of getting out from under the tyranny and moving into a a position of strength and liberty and and all of those sorts of things so they they were diametrically opposed oftentimes on a lot of policy issues, but they both had the same goal in mind. They simply had different views and different ideas on how to achieve those goals. The problem is so many on the radical left today no longer have the same goal in mind. That's why you hear people talk a lot about um, divisiveness. You hear people talk a lot about the the divisiveness of the country and where we're at um, as it relates to to division and and the political divisions, the political divisions are not coming from your average run of the mill conservative and your average run of the mill, um, liberal Democrat. The, 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 I think there, I hope anyway, there are some, still some, some individuals, whether it's in Congress or in, in governor's mansions across the country or in the Senate or wherever they are, that they, they are, what I would consider to be a classical liberal. They, they, they may believe in a, a bigger federal government that I would like. They would They would maybe believe in, in more government regulation than 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 I would uh, maybe approve of, but they have the same goal in mind, which is prosperity and liberty for all Americans. The problem that I get with, or, or that I get a little wound up about is that there is seems there seems to be, such a a movement to the to the radical left by so many in the mainstream democrat party and this isn't just based on my opinion this isn't just something that i've come up with and said ah i think the liberals are moving farther left and and that's the reason there's all the problems in the country this there's actually evidence to prove uh, whether it's pew research or whether it was Gallup doing some polling or or some of these others that there is evidence to suggest that the left is moving farther and farther to the left, or at least the mainstream Democrat Party is moving farther and farther to the left in America, while the conservatives are actually somewhat moderating. The What used to be the hardline right um, is moderating somewhat towards the center. And to, to give a little bit of, of, of example of this, or to give a little bit of, of illustration of this, one of the issues, one of the major issues that that has indicated or at least has been somewhat of an indicator of of the the divide between the right and left is the the classical conservative, the classical Christian conservative says that gay marriage is is inappropriate. Traditionally, in the United States, we have said that we want um, one man, one woman all that kind of thing, right? That was that, you know, whatever you did in your personal life, whatever you did at home, that's fine. We don't want to know about it. We don't care. And and you just do whatever you do, but do that in the privacy of own, of your own home. Don't try to force me to acknowledge your, what was considered deviant behavior. Don't make us as conservatives acknowledge your, what again was considered deviant lifestyle by, forcing us to recognize your relationship through offering a marriage license or whatever. And that was the that was often the the position that the conservative viewpoint took. And if you look at the if you look at the way things are going in that discussion, especially lately, you will see that the radical left has moved or the the mainstream Democrat party has moved radically left on the issue of homosexuality and transgenderism and all the lgbtq r785 question mark you know asterisk you know pound sign whatever the the alphabet soup of letters and characters there is now that that is involved in that discussion you've seen the the, the mainstream democrat party move radically radically left on that issue and the conservatives have come along and said you know what honestly Marriage isn't something that the that the the government should be involved in in the first place, so maybe just do away with marriage license in general do away with the 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 viewpoint of of the government having anything to do and be involved in religion or be involved in in marriage in any way shape or form and and move to the the position of um Let's just let religion decide what they want to do with marriage. Let's let individuals decide what they want to do with marriage. Now you can actually make an argument for, I should say argument against homosexual marriage in from a legal perspective with leaving and leaving religion out of it and it goes somewhat like this. Essentially, the argument against um gay marriage from a from a a legal standpoint from a a position of government is that the reason the United States government at any level, whether it's the federal government, the state government, local governments, county governments, whatever, the only reason any of these governments care anything about your marriage is because a heterosexual couple, husband and wife, they have the possibility of creating a child, which then can grow up to become a taxpayer, and it continues the revenue stream for the government. That's the only reason the government cares anything about your marriage. This idea that, oh, if two people love each other, then we should allow them to just do what they want and give them a marriage license and all that kind of thing. The government doesn't care if you love your partner. The government doesn't care if a husband loves his wife. A government doesn't care if a a husband loves his husband. The government doesn't care anything at all, whether you even get along. The only thing the government cares about as it relates to the institution of marriage is whether or not you can procreate and create new little taxpayers to continue building their revenue stream. That's the only thing the government cares about. So therefore, from a government standpoint, the government has no need and there is no benefit to the government to endorse homosexual marriage. So, that's not a that's not a that's not a judgment call. That's not a, a a moral issue. It's not a religious issue. It's just the nature of economics and mathematics. the 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 federal government has no plans at all or designs at all for for gay marriage. There there is no benefit to the government to do that. Other than maybe maybe um, increased happiness in society or, or some, you know, ethereal kind of weird, maybe we can't really measure it kind of metric. And, and so that is why, um, the, 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 the argument against homosexual marriage, um, can be made from a non-ethical, non-moral, non-religious argument. Now, honestly, I'm, I'm of the opinion, I don't think the government should be involved in marriage at all. and And that illustrates the point that I was getting at from the very beginning. It doesn't matter whether or not Joe Biden is Joe Biden or whatever's going on. What matters are the policy issues, the policy statements. Now, do I want to see Joe Biden just go away? Absolutely. I, I am so sick and tired of hearing about the Clintons and the Bidens and the Obamas and the, the whatever I, I would like to see uh, some new blood in the, in the political realm. It was refreshing. It was refreshing to see. Um, it was refreshing to see some new blood in the last discussion in the last election cycle whether it was Donald Trump or Carly Fiorina or Ben Carson or some of these folks that were outside of the political realm, it was good to see some, some new blood in that. And I'd love to see a little bit more of that from the Democrat party. In fact, to be totally honest with you, the, the Schultz, the guy from Starbucks, that guy is, is intriguing to me. I, I, I struggle with his policy statements. See, I'm a, I'm a very, very adamant second amendment supporter. And, um, his, his positions on, on guns and, and some of that kind of stuff just absolutely drive me insane. And, and I don't want to have anything to do with him from that perspective. Um, but he intrigues me in that he is not part of the mainstream establishment Democrat party. And, that is, I think, going to be or should be more attractive to the Democrat Party and the, the average Democrat voter than somebody like Bernie Sanders, who's never been anything but a part of the establishment. Or somebody like Elizabeth Warren or Nancy Pelosi or whoever else. I don't know. Pelosi's not even running, is she? Whoever, anybody else who's, who's running on the Democrat ticket. Most of them have never been anything other than establishment Democrat party. Joe Biden is establishment Democrat party. And and if, if I had any advice for the, the left, for the Democrat party, get away from the radical left. Because the, the average American is not that radically left. The average American is much more centrist than most People would have you believe. The problem is the Democrat Party, and so many of the members of the Democrat Party, are, are so entrenched in academia and in the establishment that they are in an echo chamber that makes them believe that there is nothing outside of their echo chamber and everyone believes like they believe because they are absolutely flooded and inundated with confirmation bias. Like everybody they talk to in their circle believes exactly the way they do. And everybody in their circle agrees with them a thousand percent of the time. So they just assume that everybody in the country believes the way they believe. And it's just not true. And so when you start talking about whether Joe Biden is qualified to be president because he's got this, this, uh, this, creepy old man vibe going on or whatever it is that's going on with joe biden i say yeah he's a creepy old man he should probably never be allowed anywhere near women and children and and i would never want him alone in a room with any of my uh female family or friends but in the end there's so much more that disqualifies him just like so many of the other candidates on the trail they're they're all worried about you know the democrats are going to try and try and make a lot of hay on this. The Democrats are going to try and make a lot of hay whether it's Klobuchar or whether it's it's Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders or whatever they're going to try and make a lot of hay out of this and they're going to try and use that to to paint Joe Biden as the unelectable candidate because he's no different than Donald Trump when it comes to his treatment of women. And and good. I hope that I hope it sends Joe Biden uh, to the trash heap of of political uh, has-beens, I really do. I, I have no desire to see Joe Biden as our next president. He's got so many policy stances and so many policy positions um, that are that are off the wall and and out of touch that we we would be. I mean, you think Trump is bad, or you think Obama was bad, or you think Bush was bad, or whatever. Joe Biden will be a, an absolute nightmare for this country. And not only because of his policies, but he's a terrible politician. Like he just, he's just not good at being a politician. He never has been good at being a politician and, and he will, he will say stupid stuff and he will tick people off and he will refuse to apologize for all of the dumb stuff that he does. And he will really be in in no different than Donald Trump in that scenario. And so all the things that you hate about Donald Trump or you claim to hate about Donald Trump is Joe Biden. He's just on the other side of most of the issues from Donald Trump. So if you claim to hate these things about Donald Trump, then you should probably claim to hate them about Joe Biden. And that brings me to my next point in all of this and the next discussion in, in the whole issue of of Joe Biden and what disqualifies him to be president or what doesn't disqualify him to be president is, I, I hear a lot of discussion about, oh, it's the double standard. This is unfair. If, if this was a Republican politician that was doing this, they'd be drummed out of office. They'd be chased out of town. They'd be tarred and feathered or whatever. Yes, you're right. They absolutely would be. There is, there is insane hypocrisy coming from the left on this issue, on so many issues. The, 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 hipo- the hypocrisy of the radical left, and, and, and I want to be clear, I try to do this on my radio show as often as possible. There's a difference, in my opinion, between the liberal, the classical liberal, and the radical leftist. There is a difference between the two without question. I would say that people like Cory Booker, people like Ilhan Omar, people like Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders, they are radical leftists they are radically left. People like Jim Webb, if you remember him, he ran for for the Democrat nomination last election cycle. He's a classical liberal. Um people like um there's not very many of them left. Uh well, Howard Schultz, I think it's Howard, I think is his name, the the CEO of Starbucks. Um he is a he would be considered by most to be a classical liberal. Uh for those of you that love podcasts like I do, uh Joe Rogan would probably be considered to be a classical liberal. Another podcast slash comedian, uh, Bill Burr, would be considered to be a classical liberal. They still believe in liberty, freedom, and and justice in the American way and all of that sort of thing. Um, they just believe that a stronger central government is the best way to achieve that. So there is a difference between the radical left and the classical liberal. A lot of my friends that claim to be uh, Democrats are 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 actually borderline conservatives, um, and, and are certainly not radical leftists, but they're more, um, what I call the classical liberals. So anyway, back to the discussion with Joe Biden, what's happening with Joe Biden and, and the, the, the mainstream media or whoever it is, um, a lot of it is simply related to, they are trying to distract us from talking about the real issues they're trying to distract from people like Ilhan Omar and Ocasio-Cortez and, and Bernie Sanders and the fact that these people are so far radically to the left. Like one of the positions that has become a a topic of discussion um, as of late is the issue of late term abortion or even post what they're calling post Term abortion, which is really just infanticide or or child murder, but they're calling it post-term abortion. And there is there is a a, a study that was done by I think it was Pew Research, um, not too long ago, about a year ago. that said less than thirteen percent was like twelve point something or another percent. Less than thirteen percent of Americans support late-term abortion. Or believe that late-term abortion is an acceptable end to a pregnancy. The radical left has has taken on the issue of abortion in in ways that they have turned it basically almost into a religion. The radical left has has begun to worship at the altar of Planned Parenthood, and and their rituals are child sacrifice. Like it, it is, and I'm not exaggerating. Like you're talking, the, the number one cause of death globally, worldwide, the number one cause of death of humans is abortion. And it's not by a little bit. We're talking by millions, tens of millions, more babies killed by abortion than human beings killed by any other single disease or, or accident or gun violence or, or whatever. And, and the radical left has has begun to take this issue um and and adopt it as their pet project. And Joe Biden, except for a couple of votes, and if you look in the show notes, you'll see if you go to if you go to dot and you subscribe or you go to the Schmidt Show website and, and look in the show notes, you'll see a link to all of Biden's policy positions and a couple of them actually. And except for a very, very limited number of policy positions. Joe Biden has been on the wrong side of abortion for his, most of his entire career. And so this, this discussion about, about um, Joe Biden being disqualified because he's a creepy old man is, is simply a distraction to take us away from the fact that nearly every single 2020 Democrat presidential candidate is so far to the radical left that they are almost unperceivable. Like you need like spotting scopes and binoculars to see these people. They are so far out in the left. And that, in my opinion is what disqualifies whether it's Joe Biden or whether it's it's uh Amy Klobuchar or any of the others that's what disqualifies these people from being uh the next president of the United States not some some manufactured scandal and i honestly wouldn't be surprised if if the left is using this as an intentional uh tactic to draw some some criticism away from the likes of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I wouldn't be surprised that this is an intentional tactic to draw some criticism away from the rest of the Democrat field. I would actually, I would not be surprised at all to find out come, you know, May, June, July, August, however late it is, that Joe Biden finally comes out and says, yeah, I don't think I'm going to run for president. I, I'm, I'm just, it's time for me to, to fade off into the sunset and enjoy retirement. I'm not going to run for president. I'm not going to get involved in, in any of this. And he will simply serve as a distraction and a distracting force for the rest of the radical left of the party as they go about quietly raising funds to become the next president of the United States. So uh, I say don't be caught out, don't be distracted, don't be tricked by the the media's sleight of hand on this. I think there's more to this story than Joe Biden um, being a creepy old man. Because none of this is new, right? None of this is, nobody was surprised by any of this. Nobody, when when they heard about this story... Everybody went, oh, finally, somebody said something. Everybody in the entire country went, oh, yeah. Finally, somebody spoke up. Finally, somebody said, hey, you know, Joe Biden's kind of a creepy old dude. They've been talking about him, you know, as a possible candidate for president. I don't think that's a good idea because he's kind of a creep. Finally, somebody said something. I, I mean, if you're surprised that Joe Biden has been accused of this, you've not been paying attention for the last 10 years. Or 20 years. This has been going on for a long, long time. So if you're distracted by this, again, you're just not paying attention. Oh, and back to another discussion. One of the things that um, is happening in this, this whole Joe Biden thing, um, with, oh, I lost my train of thought. I was in the middle of something. I took a drink of my coffee because my mouth was getting dry. I lost my train of thought. Anyway, well, I'll come back to it. It'll hit me. Um, So anyway, all of all of this to say, there is a lot of reason for Joe Biden to be disqualified as the next candidate for the president of the United States. And the least of which is that he's a creepy old man. There's a whole lot of other reasons that I don't want this man to be our next president. Now, I've I've been pretty open and honest in the past. I've been pretty um, um. clear about the fact that I was no fan of Donald Trump. I was a never Trumper. I was a Ted Cruz supporter. I didn't want to have anything to do with president Trump. I was, I was convinced that he was going to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. I was convinced that he was not going to, um, be as conservative as he claimed to be. I thought for sure he would take weak stances on abortion and weak stances on gun control and that he would kowtow and, and, collapse under the pressure of of the the radical leftist assault on everything about him Um, and he's he's pleasantly surprised me now I'm still not a huge Trump fan there's still some things that I wish he would not do and I there's still some things that bother me about him his character is one of them Uh, he seems to he seems to not be able to uh, speak without exaggeration um, or just out and out lies it seems like every time he opens his mouth there is, there is some form of untruth that comes out of it. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have good policy positions. You know, build the wall. That's I've mentioned this before. We've talked about this on the podcast. I've talked about it on my terrestrial show. We need southern border security. We need border security all across the, the, the country. But most importantly, most dramatically, we need southern border protection and 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 dramatically increased strength at the southern border i've talked about we need a full-on great wall of china type wall on the southern border i don't think donald trump's actually gone far enough on that issue i don't think he's been hard enough on that issue and beating that issue I think we need to. We need to. One of the things that that really bothers me about Donald Trump's is the whole bump stock ban. I don't even own a bump stock, and I, I, I don't really care, and I probably never will buy one. But to to somehow suggest that this is a, um, a an actual issue or problem that needs to be solved is is you're just not paying attention. Anybody that knows anything about weapons and weaponry and guns and all that kind of stuff knows that the bump stock is nothing more than a novelty. It is not an effective tool for any sort of, of whether it's home defense or target shooting or hunting or even in, in the issue of, of war. I mean, even if it comes down to, the, the people of the United States need to rise up against a tyrannical government, which was the original intention of the Second Amendment. The bump stock is a useless piece of equipment in any way. It is a novelty. It's a fun little toy for going to the range and wasting ammunition. That's all it is. And, and so for that reason, if nothing else, it should not be banned but the idea that it's going to somehow limit gun crime or it's going to somehow protect american citizens in 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 some way is is absurd there's there's nothing about a bump stock ban that is going to solve any problem as it relates to gun control or gun violence or anything else mass shootings any of it there's no way a bump stock ban will do any of that it's a useless and and Um, unimportant issue that for whatever reason, Donald Trump said, yeah, all right, let's ban some bump stocks. It just, there's a lot of things that I disagree with Trump on, but that doesn't mean that everything about him is bad, right? Like this is, and this is something that I can't quite seem to get the, the radical left to understand or anybody on the left really for that matter is that there can be two things true about someone at the same time. It can be true that Donald Trump is a man of of questionable character. It can also be true that Donald Trump has made a good policy decision in one way, shape, or form. It is also true that Donald Trump has made the right choice as it relates to border security or taxes or foreign policy or whatever the issue is. I mean, pick one. Donald Trump being the, the man of questionable character is not mutually exclusive or I'm sorry, is, is not an exclusive, um, trait. It it is not necessarily an exclusive, um, characteristic of who he is. And the same is true for Joe Biden. Is he a creepy old man? Yeah. Who questions that? Is anybody surprised by that? Of course not. But even if he wasn't, would you want him as your president? I mean, even if even if Joe Biden was, was Barack Obama level um, suave, would you want him as your president? I wouldn't. I absolutely would not. Oh, and and I think I remembered my position earlier, the or my discussion earlier where I lost my train of thought. As we were talking about um, Joe Biden and the hypocrisy and the double standard and all that kind of stuff, I hear a lot of conservatives complaining about the double standard of Joe Biden and the dealing with Joe Biden and the double standard of dealing with Joe Biden as it relates to Donald Trump. And 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 I just have this bit of advice for the conservative: quit worrying about the double standard. We all know that there's a double standard. We all know that we've we've been facing the double standard since the the inception of of the modern media, as as the 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 news media began to move left, starting all the way back to Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite, probably one of the few um, moderately balanced. Um, reporters or or newsmen of the day, Walter Cronkite did a fair job of of reporting news from an unbiased position. Um, but even if you go back and really listen to Joe uh, to uh, to Walter Cronkite and some of the old time news guys, you'll see the bias. You'll recognize the the leftist and and liberal bias. It's there. Um, it's just gotten worse and much more obvious and, and they don't even bother trying to hide it today. So we've known about this, this liberal bias, this, this, the, the bent towards leftism and liberalism by the mainstream media for decades. This isn't a surprise and, and that doesn't mean it's fair. It doesn't mean it's okay. It is what it is. And because it is what it is, we have to deal with it. You, you, as a conservative, you know that when you go to college that your professors are going to be biased against you. You know that your professors are probably going to, some of them anyway, give you bad grades if you take a position of conservatism on, on any issue. You know that going into any university that you are going to be outnumbered, at least by the professors and most likely by your students because they're so – or your fellow students – because they've been so brainwashed by the public school system for the last ten or twelve years that they don't even understand the, the basic tenets of what conservatism is. So the the idea that that um, this bias or or this this bent against you is is something new or or concerning is is absurd. Just qu- quit complaining about it and and deal with it. It is a part of life. Now, if you want to fix it, get involved in journalism as a conservative, get involved in journalism, force your way into their world, stand up against your professors, stand up against the people. And when they start, I, I had a guy one time tell me, well, you're not a Republican, are you? I said, well, uh, not really a Republican. I'm, I mean, I'm more of a conservative than a Republican, but I, I mean, I certainly lean Republican and voted Republican more often than I've, in fact, I've never voted for a Democrat that I can remember. So, yeah, I guess I'm a Republican. Well, how can you be a Republican? You don't hate people. You're not rich. You're not greedy. You're not evil. Like his his whole perception, because of the public school system and, and the, the media pressure, he just assumed that if I'm a Republican, I have to be evil, greedy, uncompassionate, and hateful. This isn't a surprise, but stand up against it and, and, and understand conservatism. Take your time to study the issues. Take the time to understand and learn what it is, what you believe and why you believe it. Because if you don't understand why you believe what you believe, you can't defend what you believe. So you have to understand why you believe what it is you believe. And, and take that information and take that knowledge and take that wisdom and, and bring it to every single fight and every single debate that you're ever in. Explain why you believe what it is you believe. I believe in lower taxes because I believe that more money in the pockets of citizens creates more and greater prosperity Across the board, no matter which citizen it is that gets that tax break, whether it's the richest of the rich or the poorest of the poor, lower taxes always, always, always will create more prosperity and more prosperity will in the end create more revenue for the government. Like if you can't explain why you believe what you believe. Then you can't it, you can't defend your position, and that's what happens so oftentimes is these kids get out of high school, and they believe what their parents believe, and their parents taught them that lower taxes are good, and 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 liberty is good, and freedom is good, and tyranny is bad. They they learned all these things from their parents, and they but they've never understood why they believed it. They just believed it because mom and dad believed it, so therefore I believe it same thing happens with Christianity and faith and religion. I guess it didn't really matter what religion is, but the same thing ha- happens with faith and religion. Kids don't understand what it is they believe or why it is they believe it. And therefore when they go to uh, the, the, the get away from kind of the shelter of home, the shelter of their their life growing up, and their belief systems are challenged, they don't know how to defend what they believe. They don't know how to stand against, the arguments of 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 or brought against their 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 deeply held belief system and their their belief system is so shattered that it that it leads them oftentimes straight off the deep end and straight into the abyss of 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 radicalism because if this one thing that i believe isn't true well then nothing i believe must be true if this one little area of my life has been dismantled by a professor who has spent the last twenty years developing an argument against what it is that you believe, you walk into that classroom, that professor is going to shred you, and it's going to wreck your belief and your understanding of what you thought you knew. But if you take the time, and and this isn't true just of of university, but Of of life in general. If you take the time to understand, to study, to learn what it is you believe, why you believe it, even more importantly, then when you get into those discussions, you will be able to stand firm in the face of that adversity and your foundations won't be shaken and your core won't be shaken and you will be able to maintain your belief system. I don't believe that abortion is wrong simply because my mommy told me so, or my daddy told me so. I don't believe that abortion is wrong because of, of of what I learned in Sunday school or in church on Sunday morning. I believe that abortion is wrong because I believe the the foundations of science prove undeniably that the two cells, the sperm cell and the egg cell, when they come together and form the zygote, from that moment on, there is nothing that will come of that experience, of that moment, that is anything other than a human being. It won't become a dog, it won't become a tree, it won't become a house or a car or, or a fish or anything else. Those two human sperm cell, human egg cell coming together to form the zygote will become nothing but a human being. The only only possible outcome of that moment will be a human being. And even if it is a single cell organism for that few seconds before it starts to divide, into 2, into 4, into 8, into 16, into 32, and 64, and a million and a trillion cells, and form a human baby who will grow up to be a human child, and one day a human adult. Like, science tells me that even that single cell organism is life. And, and if a astronaut makes the trip to Mars and they dig up some of that red dirt on the surface of the red planet and in that red dirt, they find a single cell amoeba or, or some other single cell organism, the scientific community would go absolutely bonkers because they would have found life on Mars in the form of a single cell organism so I know that science not religion not faith some not some, some invisible man in the sky science tells me that that's life and science also tells me that destroying that life is murder that destroying that life is inappropriate. That intentionally destroying that life simply because of inconvenience is a problem. It is my faith that informs me that though that happens, though an evil act occurs, Whether it's a mom or a doctor or whatever, that there is still redemption possible. And that they must, they need not live condemned under the weight of that evil act. That's the difference. That's why I believe what I believe about abortion. Because I believe that life is precious, both the life of the child. And the life of the mother. And whatever the reasons are for engaging in the act of abortion. My faith informs me that there is redemption possible. And that that individual need not live condemned under the weight. Of that thing. It needs not define them. but that there is redemption possible. So until you can understand and until you can really truly defend why you believe what you believe, you will be easily defeated in nearly every debate and in every argument. And when that happens, your belief system will be crushed. And when your belief system is crushed, you will struggle to rebuild it. And usually what will happen is it will be rebuilt with the information from the person who destroyed it in the first place. So you've got to, you have absolutely must understand why you believe what you believe. And so for me... Yeah, I believe Joe Biden's a creep. Yeah, I believe that he's he's probably unfit to be the president because of his his prone or his his tendency to be prone to gaffes. But there are so many other things that disqualify him from being president than just being a creepy dude. So let's try as individuals to be better and more informed about the issues and not be distracted by the things that try to drag us away from the issues so that's my thoughts for today as we wrap things up here on the schmidt show um, we are well there's a lot going on i'm in the process we just built this new studio as you can see um i'm in a different room than than what you're used to we've got this service where i am i am streaming on youtube on facebook on the website um we're, we're working on the, we've we've still got the phone number the 866-766-1776 we've got the website all of these things cost money these microphones cost money the studio costs money all of this stuff costs money we don't do advertising or haven't yet i i mean i'm not opposed to it but um, we want to do the best we can to provide the best content for you, the listener of The Schmidt Show, every single week. Um, and we want to do more of it. We want to take the time to to be um, more and do more and be connected more. So if you'd be so kind as to go to Patreon and uh, search up The Schmidt Show on Patreon and support us, it would go a long way to helping make this Uh, Schmidt show podcast or reality. The other thing that I'd like you to do is, is share this with your friends. Take the, go to the Schmidt show.com, get the the link, put it in a, in a text message and send it out to your friends and just say, Hey, if you're looking for engaging and passionate political talk, here's a great podcast that you can listen to. It's podcast. The com. Um, Just go to the website, the and, and tell your friends about it share it with people get as many get it out to as many friends as possible and tell them to to engage in the show and we haven't had the phone lines up and running for the last couple of weeks, but we're going to get that back up and running with the new studio we're trying to get all that stuff figured out but um, please please engage with your friends and tell them about what's going on and and um, like I said I'm not one to usually beg. Uh, but all of this stuff costs money. And for the most part, other than a few Patreon supporters, we already got, um, most of it's coming out of our own pockets. And so, um, it's not that I want to get rich off this and, and become a a gazillionaire. Um, but all of this stuff costs money in order to keep doing it. Uh, we need your support. So thank you. And we will see you again next week. I'm Brad Schmidt. This has been the Schmidt show podcast. Have a great day.